morning, everyone. How's everyone doing today? Man, was that worship just off the chain today? Yeah! Oh, man, it was so good this morning. Uh, first service was, was just as powerful, and I think we just went to another level, even with your group that came in for this service. And uh, thank you, thank you so much for just uh, making their job a little bit easier. Uh, it, it can be a job at times. Uh, we, listen, let me just tell you guys, these guys are experts up here. They know what they're doing. They're very good. Our, our master's in the back. We've got youth over here. We've got youth over here and belting it out like crazy. And then you've got a master back there on the drums. They're doing what they do, man. I'm just telling you, they're making it happen. And, uh, but sometimes it's a little bit of work for them if we're not engaged with them. And uh, I can tell that, uh, of course, it's um, uh, prayer and fasting time. Uh, say it with me. Pray first. And I know that some of you are fasting along with us, and uh, I can tell that. To be honest with you, I can tell in the service. And, and thank you if you are. Don't feel pressure if you're not, uh, because it, prayer is what's uh, really connecting us to God. And, and when you fast alongside that, that kind of disconnects you from distractions of the world. And, and when people start to do that, guess what? <laughs> you come into church not distracted. And when you're not distracted, it shows up because we pull together. And it's kind of like a, I love what Hannah said, it's a team sport. We work together so that we can get our hearts open and so we can hear what God has for each one of us. Uh, you know, there's not a service, even though I'm teaching, even though I'm ministering and sharing some of the same things each service and going along some of the same lines, there's not a service or a time that I get up here that I am not learning as I go myself. And what that means is my heart is open just like yours to hear what God has for me as an individual. And uh, can you imagine when you get, you know, 350, 400 people doing that every single Sunday? Oh, my gosh, man, the sky's the limit. So I just simply said all that to tell you thank you because we've had a really enjoyable time this week, last week, and uh, I just expect that it's going to grow if, as we continue on the road of prayer and fasting. And uh, so don't let go of that, meaning keep your confidence in that. I'll share you a little bit of a story, just kind of transparent of myself. Uh, I've done this for many years now, and, uh, but it's still challenging every single time when you start to let go of some food or something like that. And, and uh, Friday was kind of probably my most challenging day of the whole week. It, it really was. Um, you know, I hadn't really struggled through the week. I hadn't really, you know, I just kind of knew the process, and I'm expecting all of that. But Friday, man, it seems like I noticed every single restaurant I went by, five guys, Every, I mean, it just, they were Daryl's, man, it just, they all were looking good to me. And, and I could picture what I would be eating if I was there. And <laughs> I'd even plan the menu. But uh, uh, it was funny that that Friday evening, uh, we went to boot camp. And boot camp's a little different when you're eating different, too. And uh, so that was, I, I didn't even want to go to boot camp, but I did it anyway. And uh, Caleb, Hannah's little boy, Stays with us usually just about every Friday. He loves boot camp. That's probably the only reason I went this Friday is because he wanted to go so bad. Well, the ritual is that after boot camp, guess where we go? Slice. To go get pizza. And every single Friday, that's where we go. And he was just, that's what we were going to do. So uh, <laughs> we pulled up to Slice, and uh, I, I just wasn't bold enough. I said, you I said, Pastor Tip, you go in. I ain't even going in there. And, uh, but you know, they came out with the box. 
<laughs> and they had, I mean, I had to ride all the way home smelling it and smelling the pizza and they had these garlic knots and I could just picture a good Pepsi with that and uh, I'm just fleshy like you and uh, <clears throat> but <laughs> I'll tell you how fleshy I was. We got halfway to um, uh, past Pirate's Cove and I looked over and he, oh, I even love this too, man. He, Hawaiian pizza, you know, that's the one with the pineapples on top. I said, we can eat those pineapples. <laughs> She said, no, no, no. Uh, she busted my bubble. But anyway, my whole point in saying all of that was hang in there because I know that that was my day. That was my moment. I'm on the other side now. And if I had caved, if I had given in, it would have, been a, it would have put a stop in my journey. And, uh, you know, it's funny. One of the guys that was in first service was on the way out. I knew what they were doing, and they were fruits and vegetables all week. And don't take any of these what people do as a your own thing to have to do. Please don't do that. They're just stories. It's what's going on in people's lives. And, uh, <clears throat> and uh, Duke was playing last night. And I am not a Duke fan. I'm sorry. Even though they won. And, uh, but anyway, he was telling me. And yes, last night was their, crave, their cave night. He called a friend of his and said, Hey man, Duke's playing. Pick up Chinese on the way over. <laughs> and both of them were fasting. So that was their moment. Anyway, just hang in there with us. It'll be worth the results at the end if you do that. And I just want you to see it's showing up in here already just in a matter of six days, seven days. So thank you for being a part of it. Well, last week we started something. We launched into our 2019 purpose. And uh, that's just simply what we believe that God has for us as a church to do this year as corporately and even individual. That we can make a difference in our own life and someone else's life. And we said that if we're diligent with it and we are consistent with it, then we'll get the results that we want on the other end of it. And we opened up this scripture with this scripture the past three weeks, and we've just kind of tore into it a little bit. It's in Proverbs chapter 19, verse 21 in the NIV translation. And it simply says, many are the plans in a man's heart. Look at somebody and say, you got some plans. Come on now, we all got our own plans, there's no doubt. And when we focus on those plans, one thing that happens is, it's good to have plans. You need to be strategic. You need to be a planner. It's just when those plans control you, that's kind of what this is getting ready to say. Because he says, it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. And so, if we stay focused on the purpose of the year, we know we'll see some results of prevailing at the end of it. And so, I said this statement to you last week. If we, what we value and what we esteem and what we prioritize and what we give our time to consistently and diligently... That'll determine the results that we receive on the end. And so there's one thing that we're consistent about every time this year. And I'm not moved when people say, why do you say that all the time? Why don't you just leave that alone? We got it. No, no, I don't care. Because I know if I'm consistent with it and if I'm diligent with it, I've already proven it over 12 years. You'll see the results. I'll see the results of it. God will see the results. And that's simply this. Our vision is navigating life through Christ. Not only is our vision navigating life through Christ, I know who we are. We are Coastal Family Church out there to this community. Now, why is that important? Because it keeps us pointed and going in the right direction. Again, if we value and we esteem that and we're consistent about it, then the results that we see will get us to this place to where we can get up underneath of that vision of navigating. How do we get up under that vision of navigating? <clears throat> well, it's really built on four cores. There's four cores, four pillars of the church per se. And this is how we do it. This is how we navigate you and us and me along the journey that God has for us. Number one, we want people to know God. 
And we, number two, we not only do we want people or you to know God, we want you, people, to find freedom in their life. Not only do we want you to find freedom in your life, we want you to discover your God-given purpose and get on to that and be successful in it. And then we know that when you're doing that, something really cool happens. I've said it over and over again, diligently and consistently, you will have a difference made in your life and you'll make a difference in somebody else's life. Now, what you need to know about those four cores is that there are systems up underneath of that that help us accomplish it. Systems that will next step you, that will step you to each next step. Know God, how do we do that? This service here is a system in a sense of how we do that. We understand that in this church service, both of them we have, probably three by the end of this year, doing three services, we understand there's a lot of different ground in here. We've all been raised differently. Some Pentecostal, some not God at all, and they're two very big extremes. And you put a Pentecostal and a non-churchgoer in the same house, and a Pentecostal lets off, let me just tell you something. You're going to have some questions. <laughs> and so we understand that in this one moment, because of all the different grounds that are within here, we're strategic in our planning of where this service goes. Every second, every minute, everything has a next step to it. And this is where we believe that if we can create a ground where people are able to hear and receive without something that makes them feel too uncomfortable. Now listen, there'll be times we will get uncomfortable because of the move of the Spirit and the supernatural. We don't ever want to move away from that because that's when God's doing His thing. But I believe that when He does, if we're willing to explain it, then we make a difference with it than just somebody just spouting off and no one knew what was going on. But my point is, it's a system to make that work. The next system we have that gets up underneath, underneath of how do you find freedom is we want you to get into a small group. Small groups kick off here real soon. I mean, sign-ups, I think, are going on right now. And then Wednesday they start. So as those sign-ups go out there, there's 26 to almost, I think, 32, I think is what I was told, different groups that you can get involved in in the church. And you say, well, there's not one that I like. I don't care if there is one or not. Find one, make one yourself. You need people that are already in your life. Most of us already hang around with two to three to five different people that we call friends. If you don't have them, maybe we need to walk, walk, look into that. Maybe we need to move you into a place where you can get two to three, five, fifteen people in your life because you need people to do life with you. So that's a system of group that helps you come to that place where you can get freedom that you're never, listen, you're never going to find that freedom just in one service. It's when you're doing life with people. And then there's a system up underneath of how do we make a difference? There's a system up under how do I get you to your purpose? It's called growth track, which comes at the end of every single month. And most, some of you in here have never even attended that class. Because you just, it's just not important to you. I get it, but it should be. Why? Because it will help you discover something that only you can discover. And it's the only way that I might be able to point you in that direction. And God will begin to help you within that two-hour, once-in-your-life once class. You get to know our staff. You get to know us. But more importantly, we are intentional about helping you find gifts that you have built on the inside you. We do little surveys for you that you do. And you say, oh man, this is who I am. This is what I can do. I can go and serve up underneath of this. We're never going to put you somewhere you don't want to be. 
We're not that church that just says, hey, we need you everywhere to serve everywhere. We, we need you to serve everywhere because we need you everywhere. But that's not my point. I'm not going to put you where you don't want to be. I'm not going where I don't want to be. I'm probably not going to be the one going in the nursery all the time. Now, I can do all of it because I understand church and I'd be acceptable to it, but, but I, I'm just making room for you. When you do that, what happens is you'll discover the purpose that you have. And then how do we, what's the next step? I want to help you make a difference. And that's being part of what's called the dream teamers. Those people that serve. Both services, from that end to that end, are people making this happen for you right now. Just so you can sit there and just with a mouth wide open and just receive from God. There's people in the nursery right now so that you can sit here with a mouth wide open and receive. And so here's what's happening. We know very quickly so we can make a better experience for you with the parking lot and with the church that the next step for us is a third service. And to do that, it's just people to make a difference. Just join up. Just hook up. You'll never hear me beg you to do that. I'll just present it to you. My whole point is just letting you know that this is how we're so intentional about what we do. And so we begin to ask some questions to ourselves. If we value and esteem that, and it's working, and we're seeing the results, and we begin to look in your lives, because that's what we are called to do, we see successes, and we see failures, and we see some consistencies, and some ups and downs, and, and we're trying to figure out how can, how can we help that. And it got frustrating at a point for us in the middle part of the year, so we began to fast and pray and, and try to figure some things out. And we came down to it was a matter of value. What you value and prioritize, what you esteem, or what you, is what you'll give your attention to. So we're posing a question to us this year in 2019, a vision, what matters? A question of purpose, a question of value, a question of, of esteem. What am I esteeming in my life? And we know that if we're consistent with it, and we do it within the framework of God's plan for my life, because i got my own plan. But he's got better plans. And I learn to do it within that framework of those plans, then I'll be successful. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 14, the message translation. I know what I'm doing. This is God. I have it all planned out. Plans to take care of you, not to abandon you. Plans to give you the future you hope for. When you call on me, when you come and pray to me, I'll listen. When you come looking for me, you'll find me. Yes, when you get serious about finding me, key word, get serious, you'll want it more than anything else. I'll make sure you won't be disappointed. God's decree, He says, I'll turn things around for you. And we answered this question and started last week and say, what matters? Look at somebody and say, what matters? Here's what matters. Number one is you matter to God. Now, I'm not going to go into that again this week. But I want you to see in Psalm 139, if you want to go back in and read it for yourself, very powerful scripture. But in that scripture, we find a really nugget from David. And he says that God knew me before I was ever formed in the womb and began to work on me and who I was going to be before I ever set foot on this earth. You matter to God. Now, here's something I want you to see as well. What matters in the framework of God's plan for my life? Let me ask you this question. Does every builder have a set of plans to build the project that's in front of him? The smart ones do. You don't go out and build a house today. You don't go out and build a boat today. You don't go out and build that without a plan in front of you first. It actually starts with vision. 
I see something that I want. I see something that I can have, whether somebody presents it to you or it's your own vision. But it's necessary to have the plan to be able to build that project. My gosh, if you're going to build a house, why? There's codes, there's everything involved. Don't get out there without it. Unless you live in wine shoes, you can build your own barn. You don't have to have codes, I guess. No pun intended. My point is, do you need a plan? Yes. Well, God's got a plan how you frame your own life. It's called the Word, the Scriptures. And it's when we get away from that plan, when we get away that we begin to run into conflict, we begin to run into maybe not that future that I want at the end of this year, is when it's not been the full plan I've stuck with the whole year. Let me read the Scripture to you. Matthew 7, 24 through 27. The message translation. These words I speak to you are not incidental additions to your life. Homeowner improvements to your standard of living. They're foundational words, words to build life on. If you work these words into your life, you're like a smart carpenter who built his house on a solid rock. Rain poured down, the river flooded, a tornado hit, but nothing moved that house. It was fixed on the rock. But if you just use my words... In Bible studies, you don't work them into your life. You're like a stupid carpenter who built his house on the sandy beach. When the storm rolled in and the waves came up, it collapsed like a house of cards. You see, guys, these are foundational words. These are words to live by. Take that question for instance. How does he want me to live? Huge question. I get it. A big, broad question. We're going to take a whole year to answer that. I'm not going to try to answer it for you in one service. But is there a way? Does God have a certain way He wants us to live? Absolutely He does. Matter of fact, if you'll go in the Scriptures, you'll find four references to just one little nugget of how I'm to live in the Scriptures. You look in the Old Testament, you'll find one of them. You look in the New Testament, you'll find it three times. If it's four, mouth of two or three witnesses, and I got four, God's trying to tell me something here. He's going to tell me how He wants me to live. In all four of those scriptures, the exact same words within one or two words is said the same. That the just or the righteous, those that are Christians, not just professing Christians, Christians that really are Christians, says they live by faith. It's a lifestyle. It's something that governs their living. It's something that determines their walk. It's something that determines their, sp their speech. It's something that determines how they act on the job. It's something that determines. It's what matters. I'll give you one of those references. Romans chapter 1, verse 17. Amplified. For in the gospel, a righteousness which God describes is revealed. The gospel would be the good news. Both springing from faith and leading to faith, Disclosed through the way of faith that arouses to more faith. What he's saying now is, look, if, I, if, if I'm living this and I'm walking this, guess what it's going to do? It's going to create the desire to live like this more. Contrary to popular belief. And then he tells me what it is. As it is written, the man who through faith is just and upright shall live. Do life, just walk life, whatever that is for you. I, can't, I don't know what it is shall live and shall live the life that he's living, so shall live by faith. 
So what matters to God, listen to me, if I can tell you it to you this way, in the framework of His plan, and we use the Scriptures to be the guide of that, it's important that I know something about maybe this one little subject, other than not more than, not that just God loves me, not just I'm important to God, not just I'm the most important to God, I also need to live a certain way. We've turned something and live a certain way into a work of, a, a, a work of, of burden, Instead of a work of relationship. He wants this to be a work of relationship. Not a work of burden. And the reason I say that. Because when I look at our scripture we read last week. In Hebrews. Man you're so good. Hebrews 11.6. It says. It is impossible to please God. Did you know you can displease him? You can grieve him too. It's impossible to displease God. But the way that without faith. But the way that I'm going to please God is with my faith. And then he tells you how that faith functions, how it acts, how it accomplishes. This is what it looks like. It's, you can't please him without it. And he says, the guy that comes to me must believe that he is God, that I'm important to him. Tap somebody and say, you're important to God. But then the next step, he says, not only are you important to God, Then he says, you also must believe that he's a rewarder of those. But that's where we stop. He's a good God. He's a given God. He gives me anything I want. Mm -mm. Only to those that diligently seek him. Why? Because those that aren't diligently seek him, the devil steals from them. And takes away the very things that he's trying to get to them. So if we're not living by faith, I just might open the door to... The devil does not care if you come to church... One to two hours a week. And you're shouting, you got this big smile on your face, and, and you're, doing, you're, you're doing awesome in here, man. You're, man, you're spitting at hell every time you come in here. And you're just charged up. because and I'm just telling you, those songs are amazing. They, they just, whoa, they take you there. He don't care. Because he knows if you're not living by faith when you get home, you're not going to be living at home. You're going to be cussing and fussing and in doubt and unbelief. And you're going to be uh, full of anxiety and stress. And this is what's going to be overwhelming you. And that's why you have to... That's why... Oh, man. That's why every time you come to church, it's a Savior. You've got to be saved all over again because you never walked in your salvation. I've got to go get instead of coming and being saved and being a Christian and living by faith. Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2. I knew that's not, that's meddling, nobody likes that. So, Romans chapter 5, verse 1 and 2, New King James Version. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. How are you going to get peace? By faith? You want peace? You ain't got it? You need to figure out about faith. Faith is only what you believe and what you're persuaded in. You can have faith in anything in this world. I got faith in my wife. She's not going to ever let me down. But guess what? She lets me down. Vice versa. But I got faith in God, and He had never let me down. I'm persuaded in that faith. That's what gives me the peace. That when, If you look at this chapter, I can't go into it today because of time. Romans chapter 5, when we get through ripping it up here a little bit, you go home and read the rest of it, and you'll find out that this was Paul making some decrees and some statements before he went into the Roman Empire, and he was faced with trials and tribulations, and he was bringing a new doctrine that was going to trip people out. 
And he says that even in all of this, it will be my faith that will give me the peace in the midst of all of that. By whom we also have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. The very grace that you're standing in right now, the very ability and the power of God is only accessed by, God, accessed by faith. Let me pose some bold, pointed questions at you real quick. How are you going to prosper according to God's plan? By faith. How are you going to get healed according to God's plan? By, God, by faith. How about this? How are you going to deal with your issues? Ho, 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 ho. Look at somebody. Please tell them they've got issues. We laugh at that because we all do. How are you going to deal with your issues? Your small group is probably not going to help you with all your issues. No, as soon as you get there, they're going to say, man, they got issues. <laughs> Just fun in with you. How about this? How are you going to survive according to God's plan? By faith. It doesn't say by a priest. It doesn't say by communion. It doesn't say by what you wear. It doesn't say for all us Holy Ghost Pentecostal people by the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It does not say where you go to church. It does not say by being a good person. It says you access this by faith in God. Your faith is what accesses this grace. Why? Because that's what makes it available for everybody. If it was intelligence and IQ, only the smart people would go to heaven and the rest of us would go to that other place. That's why the intelligence and the understanding of, uh, of um, if we're not careful, will reason with intelligence something that you can't totally understand with your mind that can only be understood by your spirit and you'll reason it out and you'll miss the subject of faith because faith looks at things it can't see. It sees it before it ever happens. And that trips the reasoning out. Well, this just can't be. This just doesn't make sense. Well, no, it's not going to make sense. It's going to make spiritual sense. I've lived this one, my friend. I look at you every single week, and I see this in action every single week. There was nobody, and now there's almost 500 of you. But before we got here, no boasting on ourselves, let me just tell you, I was scared spitless. Quit everything came here looking for what I had in my heart. And thank God I had some people that were behind me. I'll never forget the day. This is, I got to be careful because I really, oh, I got to really get moving. I'll never forget the day we were in the building in Manio. I was laying hands on people. We were praying for the sick. We were seeing signs and wonders. People were up here. While I was praying for somebody, Rick, who's been a board member since the conception of the church, was standing up there. And he had his hands up like this in case the person fell down. They used to fall down then, you know. And he had that there, and, and, and that became a doctrine instead of a reality. And what happened is he had his hand there, but he had a hand up in the air. And the Lord spoke to me right there, and he said, that man will always have your back. Stick with him. And I'm just telling you, it's always been there. I could, couldn't see it, but the moment it was spoke to my heart, you came into existence. You were here. 
This faith is an integral part of who you're going to be in the life that you're living as the king, as a Christian in this world. Romans chapter 12 and 3, 12, 3, and Matthew 17 tells me something very powerful. He says that the, this faith that you have, says that you've been given a measure of faith. And in Matthew 17, 20, tells me that that measure, he says that I can move a mountain with the seed of, with this mustard seed size, I can move anything that's impossible. A mustard seed is smaller than a measure. And the Bible says I've been given a measure that's bigger than a mustard seed, that there's nothing impossible to the man that will believe. In Romans chapter 4, it's our father of faith. We've taught it before. I understand that. But consistency and diligency, going back to who is the father, he must know something about it. And in Romans chapter 4, verses 20 through 22, it says, He staggered, Abraham staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, <laughs> giving glory to God. He wasn't strong in faith because of his character, because he messed up four times royally. Big mistakes. But when it came to where the rubber met the road, what mattered was he gave glory, he gave more weight to the promises of God instead of trusting in his own character, trusting in his own ability, trusting in his own impotence according to the Scripture. And all of a sudden, the next Scripture says, and being fully persuaded, like Hebrews eleven six, he trusted in who he was and that he was a liberal giver upon approach. And he was diligent about it. And something happened. The results he was seeing and expected that God had promised him to have are the things that he had. One more thing. Faith is the currency of heaven. Look at this last verse. Hebrews, excuse me, Romans 5, excuse me, 4, 22. And therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Counted, credited, exchanged. When that word imputed is given to us, it's an important word to tell us what really was happening with Abraham. When he said that he was fully persuaded in the promises of God, he didn't stagger at the promise of God. And then you see God move on his behalf. The Bible says that it was that piece of just saying that God, no matter what's happening around me, you're faithful. The Bible says it imputed to him, in other words, as righteousness. The word imputed is an accounting term that means it was credited it was counted, counted to his account that it wasn't based on all of the works. It was based on this one fact that made God exchange his faith, exchange the very answer that he needed. So, listen to me. This dollar, it's just a dollar bill. It can't do nothing for me, not one thing. I can't drive it. I can't eat it. It's not going, I can't live in it. But we make so much importance of this one little piece. I, 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 I can't wear it. 
It's a medium of exchange. It's a trade. We would use the word pay. If I trade it for something, I can receive something. So, but if I got it, let me clarify it even more. If I got enough of it, I can get something to wear freely. If I got enough of it, <laughs> I can buy anything I want with it. If I got enough of it, I can go to the restaurant and get me some food. I'd love to have a steak right now. Freely. Nobody's going to fight you as long as you got enough of it. Just like this dollar is currency in the natural. Just like this dollar, if I got enough of it, I can trade it for something in, in the natural. I can pay it for something. And as long as I got enough of it, I can get whatever I want. Faith is what you have in the spiritual. It's the currency of heaven. It's how you get something from heaven. <laughs> oh, good. Faith is not healing. But if I got it, I could get me some healing. Faith is not deliverance. But if I got it, I can get me some deliverance. Faith is not a sound mind. But if I got it, I can get me a sound mind. How come? Because the Bible says, Rick, if I can see, the Bible says, I got a measure of it. It's unlimited. So I got enough to get whatever I need from heaven. It's my exchange, it's my faith that I already have. So your faith, I got to give you this quote. Your faith makes up the difference between where you are right now and where you're going to be in 2019. It's what matters. It's serious to God. It means a lot to God. Just like you mean a lot. It means a lot when you trust Him for what He said. Sing a little louder. Mark chapter 11, 21 through 23. So Jesus answered and said unto them, Have faith in God, the God kind of faith. For surely I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, Sing a little louder. Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done. He will have whatsoever he says. Sing a little louder. What's the next verse? Help me, help me, what's the next Louder than the unbelief. Unbelief. Really loud. There's a lot out there telling you that you don't have enough faith to get the healing you need. There's a lot out there telling you that you don't have enough faith to get the deliverance that you need. You got enough. Therefore, I say to you, what things Whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them by faith. Look at somebody and say, by faith. <laughs> to do that, we're going to have to sing a little louder. To do that, 
We're going to have to know some things. To do that, we're going to have to be diligent and consistent. To do that, you're going to have to follow the plan. To do that, you're going to have to know what matters. Now, the most important thing that matters to God is a heart that's turned around and accepted Jesus Christ as their Savior. When we were putting all of this package together and thinking about it months ago, the successes and the failures and the failures and the successes and the consistencies that were all there. And I just made this to you, and I didn't mean it disrespectfully. I think I said it to you last week. I promise I didn't mean it disrespectfully, but it's how I felt. It's the feeling that I had. If I could just grab some of you sometime and put you up against the wall and just go, come on, stop. Just stop. And it'll change. One hour a week, two hours a week is not going to be enough. Come in and get your fix and go out. Never doing anything but going back into life. You're just living the same life. Your job will never be enough. You're, I trust me, I'm total man. Oh, I'm, I'm in shape, brother. I got it going on. I'm working it. But it's never enough. I always want to do more. Once you get a hold of faith, it'll never be enough. You'll want more. You'll want more. You'll want to know more. you want to go there with it. But as we were doing it, the prayer, if you, there was a card on your seat when you came in. If you could grab that for me real quick. I'm going to invite Bryce to go ahead and come on up and just stand up here with me for a few minutes, Bryce. We'll turn it back over to him in just a few minutes. But very important moment of the service for me. Pastor Tiffany and I and, 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 and this team, and just, I got the most phenomenal team that just, man, they just, they, where I'm not, they are. And when we came to this scripture, I think actually Carson is the one that brought this to us. It just went, that's it. It's a question of value. What matters to you every second, every minute, every moment, every hour, sun up to sun down on your job, in your home, in your family, what matters in the framework of God's plan for your life? So this prayer that Paul prayed for the church at Philippi just puts it out there. I pray that your love will overflow more and more. And that you'll keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. Because this very faith that I'm talking about, Rick, it works by this faith. It works by this love. Without love, it just ain't going to happen. The bickering and division and the, all of the stuff that's out there in the world, it, st- it shuts faith down. And if I want faith to come alive... Love has to be my first step. Verse 10. For I really, I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. Every head bow, every eye closed.